podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Adam. I've been better too, uh, and that is because uh, the Minnesota Vikings are absolutely tragically terrible through two games, getting absolutely whooped by their rivals, the Packers, at home in week one before going to Indianapolis and uh, getting stomped out by a pretty average uh, Indianapolis Colts team. I think until further notice, we just call it the Purple Podcast because I'm not feeling a lot of pride right now. There's no pride on our end right now because the Vikings uh, definitely, like, here's the thing. People have been asking me, they're like, Eric, we know you love the Vikings. We know you're a huge fan, um, but how upset are you? You must be so upset after these games. I can't even be upset because they're getting beaten so badly that they're not even competitive for any part of the game, and that makes it really difficult to be disappointed because my hopes were never up. Dude, I feel the same way. I'm not. I'm watching these games, and I'm mad through about the first quarter. And by that point, I've already accepted everything, and I'm not even upset anymore. And I feel like that's a really bad place to be. It's really bad, yeah, <laughs> because the expectations for us. You know, we picked them to be like ten and six or something on the show. We thought they would win the division, go to the playoffs. So I mean, we're feeling really disappointed. We were obviously wrong. We'll admit that, but. You know, it's just, it's hard when you're just never even in a game. You know, it looks like their play scripts are working great on that first drive of the game. Both games, they march right down the field for points. Um, and then after that, they're just, they're like punchless. There's just nothing there. They're the worst second quarter team in football right now, and it's not even close. Yeah, so let's talk about a few pieces of this. First off, um, Cousins. Kirk Cousins, we defended Cousins a few episodes, talked about He's an elite quarterback, and I am running out of patience with Cousins. I, I don't really know if I have room to defend him any longer. It's been years of everyone saying he sucks and me saying, actually, the stats say that he's really good. And then he proves everybody else right time and time again. Um, his performance for the amount of money he makes um, has been absolutely ridiculous. Uh, what was he last game? What was his final numbers? 13 of 29? He was 11 of 26 for 113 yards and three interceptions with a QBR of 9.4. I mean, that that would be like worse than a game that Christian Ponder would play. That's like, Ponder wouldn't throw three picks. I think, it's, I think he's playing worse than Christian Ponder at Christian Ponder's worst. And that's, that's <laughs> really harsh. I mean, that's really, that's, that's, it's unbelievable how terrible he's been and, and how amazing he's looked at other parts of his time here. So to me, it says that there is an issue that's beyond just Cousins' poor play, that it's something to do with the Vikings' offense overall. Because it seems like they're super predictable. Like we said last week, there's little to no motion. There's no trickery. They're not setting anything up. Last year, we were the best team in the NFL at running screen passes. How many successful screen passes have we run this year? I can't name one. I think none. Delvin Cook is not part of the passing game at all. We're not getting the ball to Jefferson, to Irv Smith, to Kyle Rudolph, to BC Johnson, to Delvin Cook. We're pretty much only throwing it to Thielen in double coverage, and then late in the game, just dumping it off to Alexander Madison. That's pretty much our entire passing game right now. I think the thing that I've learned the most through two games this season with Kirk is when things are going really well and everything is good and solid around Kirk, he's a really good quarterback. But when the chips are down a little bit, you're you're lacking some playmaking skills on the outside. He tends to be the Kirk Cousins that Twitter has said Kirk Cousins has always been. Yeah, and it just sucks because, you know, we were we will admit that we were very wrong about this. Cousins 
um, has been terrible. It doesn't mean he doesn't have some good games in him, um, but we need them sooner than later. Um, Gary Kubiak, to me, has been super, super, super underwhelming. Um, I can't stand any part of the offense. Uh, the biggest problem with it is that we don't have any long drives. We're not sustaining any type of drive. We're not scoring off anything. And the interesting stat here is last year with under, under um, Stefanski, this offense of almost the same guys, minus Stephon Diggs, other than that, it's pretty much the same team, averaged 60 plays per game. 60 plays in 60 minutes. This year, through two games, we are averaging 48 plays a game. 12 fewer plays, 20% fewer plays. We are not sustaining any drives at any point in time. Everything is quick scores or three and outs. I believe the stat line from Sunday's game was 10 possessions for the Vikings and six three and outs. I mean, it's just not going to get the That's job That's as bad done. as it gets. So I do think that there was some improvement made with the defense in this last game. Um, but still, I mean, they gave up 28 points. They gave up 43 the week before. They've given up 71 points now in two games. This is the worst defense that we've seen the Vikings have in a really long time. We have one sack through two games. Um, we, you know, we didn't let any massive plays happen, but Jonathan Taylor... In just his second game, ran for over 100 yards. Rivers was pitching and catching on third downs all day. Um, some of our, our best stuff happened when the other team made a mistake or dropped the ball. Um, Someone named Ollie Cox was running up and down the field on us. It's frustrating because watching the game, I think it was pretty apparent even to the average football fan that Phillip Rivers and that Colts offense is very beatable. And they yeah. were moving the ball with ease. Jonathan Taylor, over 100 yards on the day. We've been talking now for the past two weeks about Vikings keys to the game. Delvin Cook, 14 carries for 63 yards. He did have that late score. He's not a factor in an offense that goes three and out every series. How many catches did Delvin have? Delvin Cook last week had two catches for eight yards. I mean, he in the past has been an absolute beast in the passing game our screen passing game to cook is absolutely elite every single year and suddenly it's just non-existent he's not even part of the passing game um people are going to see a lot more jefferson i hope he has got five catches for 70 yards now through two he led the team with 44 yards receiving i believe in this game uh and i would say that he has done very little but the little he's done has looked pretty good yeah i agree he looks explosive um we just have to sustain drives long enough to see more action from him. We pounded our fists last week for Irv Smith. He had one catch for three yards. He did have a drop over the middle of the field. Um, also, something that's a little obscure and a little bit concerning is that we saw Thielen have three catches on the first drive of the game, three catches for 31 yards. He ended the game with the same stat line, but had also eight targets. So is Thielen not getting open, or is Kirk just forcing the ball to Thielen and bad things are happening? I think that there's nothing available anywhere else on the field, and so Thielen is just seeing a lot of double coverage. They're rotating stuff over. They're daring us to beat them with anyone else. Also, and, also yeah. a play in the game that was probably the most upsetting was when we saw Kirk chuck it up into that double coverage um, down the field to Thielen. Pretty much just out of pure frustration, if anything. I mean, we could all... On the route, guys, if you were to watch that route back, uh, BC Johnson is flash over the middle of the field, wide open. And 
sometimes the issue with Kirk is that when things are going bad, he he's pressing so hard that it's almost those interceptions are out of frustration rather than he's really trying to find an open receiver down the field and instead he ends up just forcing things and making things worse. Uh, off of that interception was right before half, Colt score again, and that kind of put things away. All right, guys, so if you are a football nerd, if you love football, um, there's a show called uh, The Ringer NFL Show. It's really good, and I listen to it every single week. It's on a few times a week. They do a great job. And they were talking this week, I believe it was even today, um, Thursday, if, uh, when you, you know, so it's, it's definitely just came out. They were talking about how ESPN dubbed this year the year of the black quarterback, right? If you look at the quarterbacks in the NFL that are dominating the game, you have Patrick Mahomes, you have reigning MVP, um, Lamar Jackson, you have uh, maybe this year's front runner for the MVP right now, Russell Wilson, you have Deshaun Watson, you have Kyler Murray. I mean, these guys are young, they're exciting. They keep defensive coordinators up at night. I mean, they have been incredible. And so the year of the black quarterback is really cool. 2020 has been a difficult year in the United States, obviously, and so it's a great way to honor some of those players. But also, it makes me realize that the Vikings in this so-called year of the black quarterback have, in more ways than just on the field, the least black quarterback in the NFL. And I, I think that we look like this old-timey team, and Kirk Cousins is perfect for that. Like an old and out-of-touch team. Um, you know, Cousins with his comments about covid you know, Cousins, you know, pretty much being like a like a 1998 Creed fan, Eddie Bauer wearing, <laughs> you know, like he's just, he's the opposite of, of cool. He's the opposite of what the NFL is looking for right now. He's not very mobile. He doesn't, you know, change defenses with his feet. And uh, yeah, I just, I thought that was really interesting when they were talking about it and thinking like where the Vikings are as a team. We have a Gary Kubiak old time offense. We have... Uh, Mike Zimmer old-time defense. We want to control the clock. We want to grind it out. We want the tall quarterback with the big arm. And that's just not how football really is anymore. And that's really what the Vikings are right now. And that is uh, has got me feeling pretty bad about the Vikings and about Cousins in general. Are we ready to sound the tank for Trevor Alarm yet? I actually want Fields. Hey, if 2021 is also the year of the black quarterback, then Justin Fields from Ohio State is our guy. I would love Justin Fields. Um, I, and by the way, if the Vikings lose this weekend, which we'll talk about later, we'll make our predictions. If they lose this weekend, I am just hoping they lose out. Yeah, at I this agree. point, I'm yeah. like they're not making the playoffs. They stink. Their 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 salary cap hell is right around the corner. It's you might as well just be terrible then. Yep. I'm with you on that. All right, so let's play a game. We're going to play a game called Buy or Sell, where we are either going to buy low on maybe someone who's struggling or who hasn't done a lot, or we are going to sell them, you know, maybe even... Let's sell and just build for the future. Let's just preface it like that. Yeah. Our first person that we are bringing to the auction block, this is head coach Mike Zimmer. Okay. Um, Mike Zimmer is old school, maybe to a fault. But Mike Zimmer is a consistently good coach in the NFL. We have to remember that this is a pandemic. This is an unprecedented year and offseason. I am not ready to sell Mike Zimmer, um, but I want uh, him to know that there's just the slightest bit of warmth on his seat. Yeah. Uh, I think a loss next Sunday and that seat, we start turning up the heat. 
I'm fine with buying or selling on this one, but since I have to make a choice for our audience, I am going to sell. Wow, sell. We're split on Mike Zimmer. Our next player to the auction, running back with a fresh contract, Delvin Cook. Um, I hate that we gave him a contract in the first place, um, but I think it's impossible at this point in the short term to get rid of him. Um, I would love to see Delvin Cook with a young quarterback in the not-so-distant future. So I'm going to say um, buy low on Delvin Cook, who I do think will come good this year. I will also buy on Delvin Cook because I agree with your take. Our next player to the auction, Adam Thielen. How old is Adam Thielen? 31? 29. We just went over this. He's 29. 29 years old. He'll be 30 at some point this year. Um, I would like, if we lose this week, I would like to put him up for sale, actually. I would like to say playoff teams who don't have receivers or who are dealing with injuries, come get him. Adam Thielen, the price is a late first-round pick, and then it might move down to a second-round pick. I don't even really care at this point. Just, I would probably sell him. Uh, our next player to bring to the auction, some someone that we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about and some news on him moving forward, we are bringing up Anthony Barr. Um, I wish they would have sold him <laughs> before last year. Um, I would sell him. You, there's nothing he could do to change my mind about this forever if I would sell him. Yeah, a healthy Anthony Barr and he's still for sale. A healthy Anthony Barr is an okay Anthony Barr. Next to the block, we are bringing Harrison Smith. Um, I think Harrison Smith might be our most trade realistically tradable asset. Um, so I would I would 100% look to move him if we lose this week before the deadline. If we lose this week, guys, we're not going to the playoffs, and I think that we are sounding the rebuild alarm. NFL windows are extremely small, and we've been fortunate the past couple years to kind of be on the fringe of that window and have an NFC Championship run, all the fun things that went with that. But at this point in time, if we lose on Sunday, we are selling Harrison Smith. We have two more to go on this segment. Next up, we are bringing in third-year cornerback Holton Hill. Um, he makes no money. I think he's a free agent or he's like a restricted free agent after the end of the season. Um, he makes literally like under a million dollars. Um I'm probably keeping him. I'm, I'm more likely to sell, um, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Mike Hughes at this point. But but I, I'm not impressed with any of our cornerbacks. And finally, we are bringing to the table newly acquired defensive end, Yannick Ngakwe. Well, um, I would be willing to trade him for getting our second round pick back. That would be great. Um, I would probably keep him at this point. I don't even know if you're allowed to trade somebody you just traded for. Um he had a sack. That looked okay. Uh, that trade is going to look really terrible in April. Yeah. I mean, I think we're going to feel awful about that. So, I'm with you on that. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, some Vikings news here. So, like you said, Anthony Barr is officially out for the remainder of the season. He's on the IR. He tore his pectoral muscle. And I don't know how much we're going to miss him. We are going to miss him due to the fact that uh, Anthony Barr does play a key role in the defense. He calls the defense. He's the one that gets everyone aligned properly. He's the guy with the headset on talking to Mike Zimmer in between plays. Zimmer did speak this week about uh, that factor and about how it's going to take Eric Wilson a little bit of time to pick that up. 
uh, yeah, uh, the bar injury is obviously bad news and a string of bad news, which we are going to be talking about this week, guys. We are not getting back our rookie hold me closer tiny Dantzler. He is out again with a rib injury and Vikings third year starter. Mike Hughes out with a neck injury. A neck injury that kept him out of the playoffs last year that I believe he had surgery on in the offseason. This is not good. I'm going to guess that this is going to be season ending. Yeah. So that leads us this week against Tennessee, our starting cornerbacks being Holton Hill. We have Jeff Gladney. And we have Harrison Hand, rookie Harrison Hand, who has taken zero snaps in his NFL career. Uh, a little bit fortunate we're going up against Ryan Tannehill and not Aaron Rodgers this week, but still, guys, if you're feeling sketchy, it's about to get sketchier. Oh, that makes me feel horrible. Um, you're also missing Troy Dye, who's now on the IR as well. Rookie fourth-round linebacker who would have seen a lot more time if uh, he wouldn't have gotten injured in this last game. You're already missing Daniil Hunter on the end. You're already missing Michael Pierce on the interior because he opted out. This defense is going to get even worse. Um... I, I think that if A.J. Brown plays this weekend, uh, it could get ugly. But we'll, we'll get into that a little later. Um, other- also, uh, Vikings today signing Todd Davis. Linebacker Todd Davis acquired him from the Denver Broncos. He was a free agent. Uh, interesting tidbit. I think Todd will be in the starting lineup eventually here. Uh, interesting little note about Todd Davis is that he actually has more tackles both the past two seasons over Eric Kendricks. So Todd Davis, a veteran linebacker, we're going to be bringing in. Hopefully, if we can get a win this Sunday, we get Todd acclimated to the defense and he can kind of sure up that loss of Anthony Barr. So I don't know. I guess what we'll see with Todd Davis, I don't think it's a great thing that Todd Davis is still a free agent. No, it's not a good thing that we're signing free agents right now who don't know the defense. Right. You know, I mean, I think this is going to be a tough task for him. Um, bringing guys into new defensive schemes, especially when it's complicated as Mike Zimmer's, even if they play a position like linebacker, you know, where it might be a little more similar across the board, this is not a good sign. Also, I didn't think I was ever going to say this. This is a Purple Pride, sorry, this is a Purple Podcast first, and I actually missed Pat Elfline last week. I thought Drew Samia was as bad as it gets. He was getting bullied left and right. There's actually, horrible. There's a lot of funny clips of him on Twitter right now getting just bulldozed to the ground. That was an absolute disaster, and that's not going to help anything moving forward. So I'm not ready to pull all the wheels off the bus, but if we're riding on 18 wheels, we're down to about 12 to 13 <laughs> right now. Um, yeah, and I have a question for you. Uh, are there any bright spots um, with the Vikings right now? Are there any guys that you've been like, wow, I'm really impressed with them, even though things are terrible? I would say Eric Kendricks is definitely one of them. Um, he's third in the NFL in tackles. He's been his normal great self. He is not part of the reason that we are struggling. Um, like right. I said, Jefferson, you know, he's only got five catches. But I feel like on those catches, I've been like, all right, there's a good pro player in there somewhere. At this point, the only thing that I'm really living for is seeing the development of some of our young players, especially those cornerbacks, and just kind of watching them progress week to week. And the fact that that's my answer is pretty terrifying. Guys, I really wish this was a funnier podcast today, but there's just really not much to joke about and, and laugh about and be happy about. So it is, it is weird because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, man, usually we're cracking jokes on here. Usually it's really fun. And I hope you guys like the nerdy football talk, but like 
this team sucks. Like, they, yeah. <laughs> they're really bad. Like, I saw that they were 25th in the power rankings or something. I, who has watched them Dude, play? Dude, not only 25th, but he, the Vikings were one of three teams on Tony Junji's 0-2 list that still have a good chance of making the playoffs. And to that, I say, Tony, you are not watching actual football games. You're only reading headlines. And I think you're just giving Minnesota some love. Anyone who has watched them play and thinks they have a chance is lying to themselves and to everybody else. All right, so it's time to move on to uh, something a little brighter. Our pigskin pick-em. That was not planned. That was really good. That was great. Um, Yeah, so so last week, another pretty hot week for us. We had a few mishaps, but I'm not going to say they're all our fault, okay? I totally blew it. I told you guys that the Panthers were going to upset the Bucks and end Tampa Bay's fun. Um, they made it a game at one point. It was 21-14. They had all the momentum in the world before Teddy threw a pick. So yeah. I got kind of hurt. Um, you had- My pick was the Falcons oh. beating the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, yeah, that ended on one of the best onside kicks you will ever see. That and a combination of the Falcons just being the Atlanta Falcons and finding a way to lose a divisional game against the Cowboys in disastrous fashion. A uh, conference game. Yes. Yeah, so, sorry guys, conference game. So, basically, uh, yeah, that's not that's not a good look for me, but I should have nailed that one on the head. We did have a bonus, though. We did have a bonus. We did. We both picked the Las Vegas Raiders to beat the New Orleans Saints, the favorite New Orleans Saints opening up the Death Star in Las Vegas, and uh, we both nailed that one. Not only did they cover, not only did they win, they won by 10 points. They whooped them. Yep, and also, quick little shout-out, we didn't hit the Chiefs game, right? No. But you did say you did say what you were spot on. The thing with the Chiefs is they're either going to blow someone out or they're going to be a massive disappointment. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the Chiefs' M.O. moving forward here is – uh, fantastic team, but you never know what you're really going to get with the Chiefs. You're, they're either going to blow you out or they're going to be a disappointment and somehow still find a way to win because they have Patrick Mahomes and you don't. Right. All right. Let's get to it. Let's go. Uh, I don't know. I don't feel right doing the Thursday night game since it's on right now. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Uh, yeah. Dolphins up 21-7 to where we're currently at on this Thursday night game. I'm going to take the Dolphins to win this one. I'm going to pick the Dolphins. Too. Yeah. So let's start one and out. Pull this one out. All right. Starting with our noon games. We are starting with the 2-0 Chicago Bears traveling to the 0-2 Atlanta Falcons. Falcons favored at home in this one by three points. Oh, I really don't believe in the Bears. And I also believe that the, that the uh, Falcons are better than their 0-2 record would show... Um, I like the Falcons to win this by somewhere between four and seven points. I'm going to go with the Falcons to get on the winning track and kind of end this pretenders, pretenders bears start of the season. Yeah. So the bears with a little bit of luck, uh, in both of their games here, kind of escaping with two victories to get them to two and oh guys, I am hammering my pick of the week. We are hammering the Atlanta Falcons (laughs) at home. Uh, not only to cover, but to smash the spread. I'm taking Falcons by 13 points in my hammer pick of the week. <laughs> I hope you guys could hear that. I was he, so soft. That he, <laughs> he pulled up a YouTube clip of <laughs> a hammer just hammering something. <laughs> All right. 
okay, here we go. We have a good matchup here on a noon game. We have the 2-0 Los Angeles Rams traveling to mm. the 2-0 Buffalo Bills. Buffalo favored at home by 2.5. Mm. Wow. It's really hard to do this when you don't know what's happening and you didn't pay attention to the schedule at all and you're really hearing these for the first time. Um, I love this game so much. Um, I think the Rams are a better team, but I think traveling across the country to Buffalo is really tough. Uh, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to win this by three points. I'm taking the Bills. I'm taking the Rams on the road in Buffalo, even with seeing our man Stephon Diggs tearing it up in Buffalo. Doesn't that hurt? It really hurts. It, hurts. it stings. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Rams in this one on the road in Buffalo. Moving on, we have the 1-1 one one Washington football team traveling to the 1-1 one one Cleveland Browns. Cleveland favored by seven points in this game. Who do you like? I do not like Cleveland by seven over anyone. Literally, there's not anyone um, that I would pick them by seven or more. Um, I'm going to pick the Redskins. They lose this game. It's a good close game. Uh, I watched the Redskins last week play the Cardinals, and I can tell you that they suck. But also, the the Browns aren't any good. I'm going with the Redskins. Oh, the football team. I'm, I'm in agreement with you here. Uh, I'm taking the Browns to win and the football team to cover. Moving on, we have the 2-0 Las Vegas Raiders traveling to the 1-1 New England Patriots. Patriots coming off a tough uh, Sunday night football loss to the Seahawks. Uh, New England favored at home on this one by five and a half points. I like the Patriots to win this game, but I don't know if I like them by five and a half. I actually kind of like this Raiders team. I can't believe that a team owned by the Davises, coached by Gruden, and uh, general managed by, uh, what's his name? What's the general manager's name? Of the Mike Ra Mayock. Mike Mayock. I mean, I thought that combination was going to be a joke, and in reality, it's worked out very well. Um, I like the Raiders with the points, but I think that the Patriots win this game to go to 2-1. Two, two and one. I think this is a fishing hook line game for Vegas. They're trying to bait you into taking the Patriots at home by 5.5. I like the Patriots to win this one at home, but I will take the Raiders to cover... Also, guys, I just want you to know that if you don't look at the games ahead of time, it's really hard to pick your upset of the week because I don't know what games are coming. Flying by the seat of your <laughs> pants, man. We have the 1-1 one one San Francisco 49ers uh -huh. traveling to the 0-2 Saquon Barkley-less New York Giants. San Francisco favored on the road here by four points. Okay, um, what I'm doing right now is I'm taking my phone out of my pocket, okay? I'm taking my phone out, I'm going into my calendar app, and I'm setting myself a reminder for Sunday. Is this a noon game? This is a noon game. I'm setting a reminder to myself for 11.55 on Sunday to remind myself not to watch this football game. Holy shit, I could not care less about Nick Mullen versus... Uh, Danny Dimes, or whatever they call him. Uh, I hate this game so much. I would never bet on this game. I don't really think I know what's going to happen, but <laughs> I'm taking the 49ers because the Giants don't have Saquon Barkley, and the rest of their team blows. Uh, even a banged-up Niners team is well-coached. I'm going with the Niners. I'm taking the Niners with the points, and I'm avoiding this thing like the COVID-19 infection. 
We are moving on. We have the 0-2 Joe Burrow-led Cincinnati Bengals traveling to the 0-2 Carson Wentz-led Eagles. Eagles favored by five points at home. Kind of a sucky game. Hate this game. Hate the Eagles. Hate their stupid poop-eating fans. Um, Joe Burrow's team isn't very good, but Joe Burrow is already better than Carson Wentz. I'm going upset pick of the week. I'm going with the crappy Bengals to put the nail in Carson Wentz's career. Wow. Wow. Carson Wentz's career is going to be coming to an end here, not because of injury, but because of sucky play. That's right. You're going to see Jalen Hurts before Halloween as a starting quarterback. Dude, I just read an article that had Carson Wentz ranked as the 32nd best quarterback in football for the first two weeks. Because he's terrible. That's I'm going to go shocking. with the Bengals to put him to football death. We want Jalen Hurts. We want Jalen Hurts. Actually, fuck Philadelphia. I hate them. I hope it doesn't work out for them. Uh, moving on, we have the 0-2 Houston Texans traveling to the Pittsburgh, the 2-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh favored by four. This sounds like a trap bet. Holy crap, is this an unfair start to the season. What did the owner of the Houston Texans do to deserve this? They start the season against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs on national television. Then they get to play the reigning MVP, the reigning AFC regular season champs, the Baltimore Ravens. And then they have to go play Big Ben in Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Oh, man. That's a brutal start. And after that, they have Murderer's Row continues as they have to play the dreaded, amazing, incredible, flying high Minnesota Vikings after that. So that's a recipe. Yeah, so with that game coming up, I'm going to say this is a must win for Houston. And that's why I'm going with my upset pick of the week the Houston Texans walking into Pittsburgh and beating the Steelers in my upset pick of the week. I really honestly think that. Pittsburgh wins this game. I'm going with Pittsburgh, and it's going to sting all the worse when the Vikings lose to 0-3 Houston next week. Yeah. Moving on, we have a really shitty game for you guys to talk about. We have the 0-2 New York Jets traveling to the Indianapolis Colts. Colts favored at home in this one by 11.5. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, the Colts are not that good. Dude. You know what sucks worse than being a Vikings fan right now? Being Being a Jets Jets fan. fan. Yeah. Um, I am going to go out on a limb here and tell you guys that I wouldn't watch this game for a $30 gift card to Jersey Mike's. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I'm with you. I wouldn't do that because this game is going to be horrible. Um, I... 11 and a half, you said? Yep, 11 and a half. 11 and a half is Vegas begging you not to bet. Um, I think that the Jets cover 11 and a half, which is just an insane line. The Jets will cover 11 and a half because this is our toilet bowl poop game of the week. Yep. We are moving on. We have the 0-2 Carolina Panthers without Christian McCaffrey traveling to the L.A. Chargers, where they're just puncturing people's lungs left and right. (laughs) We will get to see our second straight start from Justin Herbert. Chargers favorite at home in this one by 6.5. No McCaffrey equals me 
not throwing any money on the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to go with the Chargers in this one. It's a long flight. I really think that plays into it. There's no crowd ever here anyways, so the Chargers are used to playing with no fans. Um, I think the Chargers' defense is good, and I think without McCaffrey, there's very little to worry about on that Panthers team. I'm going with the Chargers. Moving on, we have the 1-1 one one Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling two mile high in Denver to play the 0-2 Broncos. Tampa Bay favored on the road for this 325 matchup by 5.5. I'm going with Tampa Bay Driscoll at quarterback. That would only happen on Thanksgiving. I am uh, not buying anything now that's going to happen with this Broncos team as they are now down their quarterback, Drew Locke, their first-round pick. Uh, what was his name? The Alabama receiver? Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. And uh, Philip Lindsay's out. And Von Miller's gone for the year. And they are super banged up, this team. Oh, and, and uh, Court, Cortland Sutton, last ACL. year's big receiver. This team is dead. I don't even think Tampa Bay is very good. And I'm still picking them to cover this. I like the Bucks. I am taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the 5.5 point spread to cover it doesn't mean the Bronco, the uh, Buccaneers are here. It just means the Broncos are gone. All right, here we go. Kind of a uh, a lot of people are going to skip this one. I have actually have some interest in this game. It's the 0-2 Detroit Lions traveling to the 2-0 Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals favored at home here by five and a half. Um, I like the Cardinals. I think that they're about to fire the coach in uh, Detroit. He's awful. They're way more talented than their record would show. It'll be fun to see Kenny Galladay get back on the field, but I really, really, really like this Cardinals team. They are not a threat to win it all this year, but they are on the right path. They're a team that's um, got a super high ceiling. I think everything Kyler Murray touches is a lot of fun. I like the Cardinals to cover and win this game by six or seven points. I am taking my second upset pick of the week. Yeah, I can take two because I'm one of the hosts of this show and I'll do what I want. I'm taking the Lions on the road with one of the teams that I love, the Arizona Cardinals. I'm taking the Lions to get their first victory of the season in Arizona. Moving on, here we go. This is a fun matchup. We got three, we, we have four games left, including the Vikings game here, and they are all bangers. We have the 1-1 one one Dallas Cowboys traveling to the 2-0 Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks favored at home here by five points. Who do you like? I like Dallas with the points, but I like the Seahawks to win this game by a field goal. I hate to say it, but I think Seattle is really freaking good. Dak Prescott's a great quarterback, but he is not on the same level as Russell Wilson. I'm sick of people saying let Russell cook, but Russell is cooking. And for time's sake, I'm just going to say ditto because I feel the exact same way. Seahawks get it done at home, but the Cowboys cover. All right, here we go. We have the Pack the 2-0 Green Bay Packers traveling to the 1-1 New Orleans Saints. This is our Sunday night football matchup. Saints favored at home here by three points. Man, I hate. These are my two least favorite sports teams. I hate the Packers. I hate the Saints. For the reasons that I'm a Vikings fan, I think I'm cheering for the Saints to win. But just who do I hate more if the Vikings are playing them? I think I hate the Saints more. All right, more. all right. Well, now let's preface it like this. The Vikings lose, okay? We're 0-3. Does yeah. that change your opinion on who you are cheering for in this game? I hate them both. I think I'm cheering for the Saints because they already have a loss, making them both 2-1 and one and less likely to win the Super Bowl. Um, I hate them both. Uh, what's the, the spread? The spread in this game is New Orleans by three. Oh, um, 
I think the Packers win. Let's get them both to two and one. Uh, I'm going to take the Packers on the road, though. Packers go to three zero. I think the the Saints are phonies because Drew Brees' arm is like noodle arm washed up. I am not going to be shocked if we don't see Jameis or a combination of Jameis and who's that stupid ass Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Um, Jameis and Taysom Hill. When they're when Taysom's in the game, even at quarterback, love him or hate him, we hate him. He's fucking electric. I I really think that the Packers are pretty good, which I hate to say, and I think the Saints have no ceiling with Breeze anymore. I think he's done. So we're both taking the pack? Yeah. All right. Sadly. Here we go, guys. Monday Night Football. This is the biggest matchup of maybe the year. Wow. We have the 2-0 Kansas City Chiefs traveling to the 2-0 Baltimore Ravens, a battle of the previous two MVP winners. Baltimore favorite at home here by three and a half. What a fucking game. Wow. I mean, this game is incredible. I'm really excited to watch this. Um, I would say of just like a neutral fan um, game in sports right now, this is probably as good as it gets uh, in any sport. And I think that the Ravens win and cover this game. Uh, The Chiefs are great, and I think the Chiefs, um, probably still have the best chance to win the Super Bowl. But I would say at this point in week three, I think the Ravens are a better team than them at this point, and they're at home. I'm going with the Ravens uh, to cover this and win this thing by over three points. I'm staying with the Super Bowl champs. I'm taking Kansas City to upset the Ravens at home. I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs to win in an epic shootout. I can't wait. Can't wait to watch this. All right, guys, finally, the Minnesota Vikings taking on and hosting the Tennessee Titans. What's the line currently? The line currently, we have, guys, your Minnesota Vikings are at home here, and we are favored. Sorry, guys, the Titans are favored in Minnesota by 2.5. That's a bad sign. 2.5 at home. That means they think they're 5.5 points better. I think 5.5 points might not be enough. Uh, this this Vikings team should not be bet on under any circumstances uh, until further notice. Uh, they are completely depleted on offense or defense. They they thought they had Pierce at nose tackle. He opted out. They thought that they had Daniel Hunter, one of the best pass rushers in the league. He's on the IR. They Anthony, thought they had Bar. Get out of town. He's gone. Troy Dye, the rookie who's going to replace him, on the IR. You have starting cornerback Mike Hughes hurt his neck again. You have rookie cornerback starter. Hold me closer, tiny dancer. Out. Rib injury. This is going to get messy. Riley Reef not practicing this week. I have no faith in this team. I have no faith in Kirk Cousins right now. I understand that Delvin Cook is a superstar, and somehow at the end of the game, he's going to end up with 60 yards on like 10 carries. It's going to be absolutely bullshit. If A.J. Brown plays in this game, I am going to pick. Wait, 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 wait. You're going to say your team, and I'm going to say my team on the count of three. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Viking Titans. <laughs> Titans! Titans! We both pick the Titans! We both think the Titans are going to win. So, uh, go ahead, dude. <laughs> I think A.J. Brown plays in this game. He feasts on the Vikings' corners. I think the Titans win this game. They cover. They win in Minnesota by a final score of 31-20. to 20. I'm saying... Uh, something called a Jonu Smith is rumbling and stumbling 
all over the turf in Minneapolis. Derrick Henry, is this dude over under 200 yards on the day? I don't fucking know. He's probably over. I'm going Derrick Henry, 157 yards and two touchdowns. I'm taking the Tennessee Titans, 24, your Minnesota Vikings, 16. But hey, we both better. picked the Vikings the past two weeks. Yeah. So maybe our thing is, is that we just picked the Vikings to lose and we get some luck here and get back on the winning trail. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to go with the reverse psychology, the... The, I don't even know what they call that, but you know, guys, uh, it's about that time. Uh, we're happy that you guys have been with us. Uh, we're not happy with how the Vikings have been playing, but you know that we are ride or die for the purple. And that's right. Boom, boom, skull, boom, boom, skull, boom, boom, skull. That's all the time we have here on purple podcast, podcast. uh, here at the Northeast podcast. Uh, Skull Vikings will be back with you guys next week, hopefully after a victory, or by that point, we're going to be totally tanking for Trevor, <laughs> Justin. Okay. Justin. Ready? Let's do it. One, two, three. Justin. Trevor. <laughs>